life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette. <laughs> Drunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow more missing merch and Drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon I paid for a lot of things here Give me a sound check over there, a level A level of uh, discontent Jamie Hello Check one, two. This is how I talk. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to talk louder. <clears throat> which, which wire are you? How about this? Is this, this better? I talk kind of quiet. I noticed that. Uh, yeah, that's Maybe me. you could use your man voice <laughs> just for this podcast. Wow. All right, just give me another one. Check one, two. How's that sound? Thought maybe one of those buttons would make it so I could talk softly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez, oh, a lot of buttons. Uh, that's a lot of you know that's a that, lot of buttons that, that none of them work. <laughs> <laughs> that allows you to leave. <laughs> Does everybody know what we're doing today? Yes, we are doing the Murray Valeriano podcast, Road Stories. I checked it out on iTunes and subscribed. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Would you Would you tell me, are we recording right now? Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this happening? Yeah. Would you give me a summary of, of it? Like what you normally, I didn't have a chance to listen to any. Is it basically what it sounds like? Yeah, exactly. Stories so you subscribed to it, but didn't want to waste the time to listen to any of them. No, I ju- it, this just happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, on, on the drive over, right? I only asked you a week ago. It's fine. I feel bad now. Hey, thanks for tuning into Road Stories, everybody. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano, part of all things comedy. Last show from Vegas for a while. I am so excited to go home. But it's been a fun. It's actually been probably one of the more enjoyable uh, trips to Vegas I've had this, uh, this time around. I don't know. This suite might be nicer than your house. This is a nice suite. <laughs> and you lied to get this suite. I, I can't believe lie. you lied to get this suite. I didn't lie to get the suite. What did you tell him at the front desk? That <laughs> my children and wife were coming over and were coming, and I was hoping I could have a larger room. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm not your wife or child, Jamie. I think somebody called ahead of time for my room and told them I was a very small person <laughs> because my room is nothing like this. In fact, my week in Vegas was doing great until we came and saw your situation. <laughs> right, yeah. Now I'm yeah, upset about mine. Notice, I only have one child, but I said children. Uh, well, there you go. And I was hoping to get the two-roomer. Sometimes I get the two-roomer, which is what I was going for, but they're all sold out. Well, this, nice is very, word, this is very nice. Word Harris, by the way. Harris. Yeah, yeah. That's where we are. Overlooking uh, uh, the Beatles love sign, I wake up to John, Paul, George, and Ringo every morning. And if you look really? down, a parking lot. Yeah. I wake up to the same thing, but this, this, that's the name of the homeless guys out front of the hotel. <laughs> uh, what a great week this has been. I am so excited to go home, that's for sure. Um, we had a good time last night. Uh, Shay Matosh organized a uh, comic skit together. So it was nice to hang out with about, I don't know, 20 comics, 25 comics, right? Yeah. Five of which I knew. So it's always nice to meet other, other guys and girls. And then Danny Viapondo made me drink uh, way too many <laughs> martinis. Oh, I forgot to mention who's on the show. How you doing? I'm Hello. Still dr- I'm still drunk from last night. <laughs> uh, joining me today are the two comics working the Tropicana Laugh Factory this week, Danny Viapondo and Jamie Lasso. Is that right, Lasso? Lasso, you got it. Oh, Lasso. Okay. Did I say it different than you did? Maybe I, I've been saying it wrong. Oh, no. Lisso. Let's call your mom. That Lisseau. sounds are, right. I said Lisseau. So the, w, the W's That's silent. That's close. Yeah. Is yeah. it Because it's L-I-S-S-O-W. Yeah, you Lisseau. know what? People often say Lisseau, Lisseau, 
And I did, I don't even hear the difference anymore. I did a radio show for uh-huh. five years. I was the sidekick. Right. And for the first week, every day, the host would go, we're here with Jamie Lissow. And I would go, oh, it's Lissow. And he just never, he just kept saying it. <laughs> and for five years in my hometown, he just said my name wrong. In your hometown. Yeah, because like on the next week, I was like, you know what, dude? Like, it's not worth it. And I wow. hear being the sidekick on radio means you get coffee and donuts every morning. Is that true? You get a lot, dude. There's a lot of perks in radio. Like, honest to God, that's what I miss. Really? The very most about radio. Cocaine? The reason I can see you right now is because of the free laser eye surgery I got. What? The <laughs> reason. It's, it's, everything is, it's like the perks are unbelievable. <laughs> you I did not get free laser eyes. Yeah, dude. I got laser. two, I got two road bikes. Like what? bicycle, dude. I had a really good situation. It was like right. a, they, it was a pretty good morning radio show. It was a sidekick, and the way they pay you is they don't necessarily give you this amazing base salary. You do talk a lot louder than you say. I tried to yell because <laughs> I thought you were telling me to be louder. Now I'm yelling at people. No, go ahead, continue where you are. But so sometimes to make up for like a lower, a bit of a lower salary, they do these perks. So you do advertising for these places, and then they give you free things. Wow! Drive a car, you know, yeah. It's morning radio is pretty. Inter- it's pretty interesting. I always wanted to get into radio, and radio died before I could. So yeah, you, that's, that's why over. I podcast. Um. So what perks are we getting here today, Marie? Uh, if I bought uh Jamie a very frustrating cup of coffee, Marie bought me a <laughs> coffee. It was weird that that Marie said we'll meet at Starbucks, right? And then Danny brought a, a coffee with him. Yeah. It was weird. Last night I took him to, to Morton's, and he brought a steak with him. <laughs> so he likes to bring. You never know. I mean, I mean, I've been disappointed so much in life that the last thing you want to do is show up someplace and yeah. be disappointed even more so. Remember, you brought that backpack full of pussy to the strip club. It's the same <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same you, know, kind of you, thing. you don't know though. You don't know. All right, we'll just glaze over the fact that uh, uh, Jamie gave the barista the biggest mind cramp she's ever had by one simple suggestion. Jamie, explain what you ordered. Just, just so people know. I could be wrong here. Okay, I'm, I'm just asking. I'm just explaining what happened. I don't like to carry a giant cardboard cup around, a venti Starbucks. I don't like to carry the giant cup around because what I like to order is a large venti Americano, which is four espresso shots with water, but I only have them put a little bit of water into it. Right. So I want a large Americano with just a little bit of water. Now that amount of liquid Mm -hmm. fits into, what are the smalls called? Talls. Uh, A tall. That doesn't make any sense. It's called a tall. It fits into a tall glass. So I thought I explained it. I said I'd like to pay for a large Americano with just enough water to fit into a little tall glass. So, you know, four shots with water. And she 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 literally threw her apron down and quit. <laughs> you, you would have thought you asked her to decipher a black hole. It really like, was. You could, I, it really was. Like I haven't that. heard a dial tone in years. <laughs> just that, I don't. That I, woman's face was just. It was her face was a dial. I don't make enough money to do math problems. <laughs> Here's how you do it. Because my wife orders four shots. I buy my wife a coffee every day, and she likes four shots over ice in a, in, uh, in a tall cup. Okay. So I just go, uh, can I get uh, four shots over ice in a tall cup? So I used to do Americana. Can I get a venti Americana in a tall cup, please? Okay. Try that. Not right. with that woman. Wait well, till here's, 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 if you I don't go to Starbucks, words. that looks like a tall cup. Mm-hmm. The tall is the small. Right. And that is a tall cup, but it's not a tall. It's a... It's, it's, not, it's not the grande. It's Let me ask you this, though. Yeah. I would predict if you walked up to that specific lady uh-huh. and said, I would like a venti Americano on a tall cup, I still think she would have looked at you like the black hole. Uh, let me tell you this. Not if I'm wearing my suit. 
Oh, I see. Yeah. You taking a shot mm-hmm. at the way I'm dressed? No, no not at all. Oh. I'm just saying. You I was wearing a suit. That was a little bit of a shot about how oh, you're dressed. You. Oh, I think you were dressed very nice. Thank you. I'm just saying. It was my segue into Most, uh, I wore a suit on stage this weekend. Most guys can't pull off a sundress, but Jamie looks good <laughs> on you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm glad I sat you in front of the window. <laughs> in the sundress. You looked great in a suit. Thank yeah. you, man. I'm a, I appreciate I'm a fan it. of dressing up. I, I changed know, I, the whole way you, I... You inspired me a little bit to wear a suit because you wore a suit the other night. Then we're hanging out with Tom Rhodes last night, and he gave me all these super secret uh, suit tips. Suit really? Tips. Yeah. He's like, let me tell you what I've learned, man. Like like the zipper goes up? Sometimes. <laughs> Not, but he buys his in Europe, so I think they go sideways. Can you share these tips? I don't think really I'm going to share these tips because I feel like he really told me in confidentiality. I feel like this is what I've learned wearing suits hmm. from Europe. Because he wears some nice suits, man. He did he show you the inner lining? Yeah, it has yeah, his name like, right he, in there. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's got inner lining. It was sweet. Uh, let me tell you the other thing I learned about wearing a suit while performing in Vegas. A lot more hookers say hello to you than usual. <laughs> really? <laughs> I felt like I, like people were like, "Who's that guy? Who's that guy?" He's just a guy who fucking dressed up, and now all the hookers want to take one hundred fifty dollars for him. The rest of you people are in who farted T-shirts. You know, one hundred and fifty. I don't know what I would have got a hooker if it was only 150. <laughs> I don't know what? what the hooker rate when, is going when, for. Where was the pamphlet with prices at? <laughs> how much is a hooker? Wear a suit and they'll pan, they'll hand you the pamphlet. Because I would have guessed $100. I don't, I don't know. know. How much is a. But I, I think be a it depends range. on the grade of hooker. Yeah, there's got to be yeah. a range. Or what you're getting, too, I would imagine. Right. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Because I don't think a kiss on the cheek is going to cost you as much as a HJ, right? Oh, HJ. No. <laughs> Hand job. Gee, oh, mm-hmm. wait, you guys got to want to work down at what? Starbucks. You know what? I'm, I'm married. I don't know anything other than, other than other than every other Thursday we do something. <laughs> no, every other Thursday your marriage is going well. Yeah, um, I did. I finally. My, all right. So a little uh, backstory here um, for you guys. My listeners know I have a love hate relationship with Las Vegas. I I I, I love old school Las Vegas. I kind of wish it's still there. It's kind of not. Old but school in what way? In just what way? Old school. Like back when Aventi was large? Yeah, back, <laughs> <laughs> back when you didn't have uppity customers demanding their cups be uh, like old school, like, like dressing up for a show as a performer, dressing up to go see a show, uh, you know, tipping, all, you know, just. All that good old that old time seventies entertainment Vegas. But don't stuff. you think the younger people when they're going out to these, you know, uh, bottle expensive nightclubs, they're dressing up. They're dressing up to the T's to go do these things. Um, you didn't sound old until you said dressing to the T's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know because I don't go to those places. <laughs> All right, and I think it's dressing to the nines. I saw some kids wearing some pretty, nines? some pretty mint stuff yesterday. You saw some mint stuff yesterday. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think of old words that oh, I don't okay. use anymore. <laughs> um, they it, t- was, they was swell. it was swell. It, it was a grand time. Really? They just 22 <laughs> skadooed right out of there. <laughs> but I found my old Vegas this week. I with found the suit? My, with the suit and doing the uh, Dennis Bono show. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, so that's uh, mm, a good tall cup of coffee. Um, so the Dennis Bono show is the all right. Did you ever see Casino? I'm explaining it to you guys, even though you know what it is. So, but I'm explaining it to my listeners. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see? You remember that scene in Casino when De Niro's lost all his permits? He couldn't work in the casino anymore, so he does this live talk show with showgirls. Rothstein, yeah, yeah, yeah Rothstein, Rothstein. That's what the show was. And I did some research. It might be based off of this show. 
that scene might be based off of the show because he's been doing it like 20, 25 years. Really? Yeah. So it's this uh, guy named Dennis Bono. He's an old uh, singer uh, from Vegas. He's been here forever. He comes out. He sings a song with like, what, a six-piece band you yeah. know, in front of 500 seats packed. Packs it in. Packed at the uh, South Point Casino. And it's a theater? That's yeah. A, it's a huge showroom. Yeah. It's a huge Vegas showroom. Wow. 500 seats packed apparently every Thursday. Seniors. Yeah, mostly. It's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which is uh, basically almost uh, dinner for them. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> love performing for seniors because even if you offend them, they can't walk out physically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I walked a woman last night. Anyway, that's a different story. Um, and you, it, roll, it, you remember rolled the woman? What? Wheelchair, you know? Oh, that's what I call <laughs> it when you, someone leaves because they're offended and they're in a wheelchair. You roll them. <laughs> um, so, I, uh, so our friend Dennis Blair who's been on the show several times, who's Carlin's opener for 20 years or whatever, uh, got booked to do it, and then he couldn't do it, so he called me to do it, and I called Danny. I'm like, should I do it? He's like, yeah, why not? It's not a bad idea. It's pretty good. So, uh, Is that how I sound? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> do, I, do I sound just, yeah, 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 sure, good idea. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's a great, you're doing a perfect you. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, so we go to, I put on the suit. I put on the suit because I'm figuring, you know, I did a little research on it and everybody's all dressed up. I put on the suit, mm-hmm. went down there. It was awesome. I had such a blast. I did five minutes. Five minutes stand up. Five minutes yep. stand up. And then I did couch, did a little panel with the guy. That's great. Did you plan the, it ahead of time or just he just said, hey, do whatever five you want? Do whatever five I want. Uh, keep it clean. And then the producer asked what I wanted to talk about on the couch. So I talked about my album and he had an album and held it up. Um, and then when I said you, it's also available on iTunes or Amazon, you, was like, it was like another dial tone. <laughs> the old people were right. like, hey, it's on what? Um, Actually, it was a it was a C, not an album, but it was a CD. And they oh, yeah. stared at it like, what's that? <laughs> like, am I able to get it by oral legend? <laughs> so, uh, so he comes out, does a monologue, does a song, does a monologue of, you know, about four or five borderline racist jokes. Cause he's yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Old school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause he's like, that's old school Vegas. That's right old school there. Vegas I was looking for right there. <laughs> Just give, give me some borderline racism in your humor, will you? And then uh, the singer came out, belted out a number, man. That, Standing that, O. That, yeah, that, girl, that little girl in the red yeah, dress. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, she's a Reba McIntyre impression, uh, impersonator out here. Does a oh, big really? show. Yeah, I, I Googled so, her. So, Danny, you were at this show? Yeah, I oh. had done the show about a year ago. Oh. So, uh, uh, Murray asked me about it and then uh, uh, asked if I wanted to go with. And I said, yeah, I got it's two in the afternoon. Cool. I'm just waking up. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and nice. so, she gets a standing O. And Danny and I are in the wings, and uh, she goes, and I'm going over my my set with Danny. I'm running jokes. I'll, I'll do this, and I'll do this, and I'll do this, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I haven't done five minutes. Let me borrow your watch. I don't know how long five <laughs> minutes is right now. So I put on. By the way, Danny has the heaviest fucking watch. Does he? I, I don't know if it's just that I've never worn watches, but it was like a pendulum. Just on my left. It was his left arm. Maybe it just goes to show how weak your shoulder actually Maybe. is. Maybe I don't know. But it was weird. It was weird carrying a watch. And uh, I probably should have put it on my wrist. Um, oh, so she goes and does panel, and he gets complimented on he compliments her on her dress, and she says, "Oh, thanks, uh, Dennis, the host, wife, sister, sister. Bought, me, bought me this dress." She says, "I." Uh, she says she loves to buy things for little people, and because she's a short, short girl, and so I'm watching this, and I, I turn to Danny and I go, "Hey, I, th- I think I'm going to open up and say that." Uh, 
where it's nice to get dressed up at two o'clock in the afternoon and that Dennis's sister gave me this dress. It gave me this suit. suit. Gave mm-hmm. me the suit. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then say, uh, cause she likes to buy things for little people. Right. And I'm like, I, I, I don't yeah, know how to yeah, take that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, Oh, cause I didn't hear her even say that second part. I thought she said she likes to buy for those people, meaning it like she was making a reference that she was Jewish. So, Oh, no. par for the course so far yeah. <laughs> with, with the racist <laughs> jokes coming from the host. And I walked out, I did that joke. Boom! Crushed, just crushed it on that thing. Yeah, and then ate it. It was, it was downhill after that. No, but that was great. So I finally got my old school Vegas thing, man. And then I got like this amazing uh, gift certificate to this awesome Italian restaurant for doing it. And I took Danny over there, and we ate so much fucking food, like kings. We ate like kings yesterday at three o'clock in the afternoon. By by the time the antipasto, we even got the, the antipasto, we're like, we can't eat it anymore. Yeah. And then nine other plates of food came out. It's awesome. So it was a good time. Me and Jamie this week got to see Rich Little. Speaking of old oh, school all Vegas. Right. Yeah. We yeah. Did. Rich Little does a 7 p.m. show over at the Tropicana. Oh, the late night one. And for the uh, old people. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Rich up there doing all his classics mm-hmm. Nixon, the Reagans, mm-hmm. the. Uh, the uh, Carson? Carson, of course. Yeah. Yes, yes. George Burns. Sure. Yeah. Was it cool? It was cool. Yeah, I mean, I remember I mean, seeing him on Carson. He, he when does I was a kid. kind of a he he uh, does his entire life. Where well, he started from Canada, was where, where he was from Canada. Uh-huh. Then he started in 1964 when he got his first break. Uh, who who got him his first break? Mel Torme. Mel Torme. Wow, actually the, the got him his voice. first break, and he was on the call. Judy Garland mm-hmm. show. He, he, so Mel got him on there. On the and Judy that was Garland his first show was the thing. first show he ever did, and then he goes How old and then he? does all. Well, it says he's like 76, but okay. I'm guessing. So, so I just added up. He was negative three when he did the Judy Garland <laughs> show. That's wild. Good math. Wacky, wild stuff. There was just semen on the chair. That's how young he was. Um, I thought you were talking about my couch. Yeah, dude. So, you mean the one we're sitting on right yeah. now? So like, I, I loved the show. Right, yeah. like I thought it was like a very it was Vegasy. There were because right. it was in the same showroom that we're performing in. So it's not you know. It's not. I. I don't know. I, I. After watching the roasts and the guys that he's doing those Dean Martin roasts okay. with, you might think, "Oh my God, Rich Little is doing a gigantic showroom in Vegas." No, it's like a our place in the like where the Laugh Factory is. Was that about mm-hmm. two hundred seats? With yeah, two hundred yeah. seats and, yeah. and like a, a bit of a light crowd, you know. Yeah. But like tries to put on a, a Vegas ish show uh-huh. in there, like playing some clips and stuff. Oh, cool. Tell uh, tell him what Rich did when he said he was going to up update his act. So Rich says, you know, I have an old version of, of this song that I did on this show. And he goes, I'm going to, you know, go ahead and update the act, you know, for, for today. You know? No dead so people, then, he says. So then he starts with uh, Jack Nicholson. Okay. In the update. Sure. And then he does Jack Nicholson. He does Clint Eastwood. Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. That was the updates. So <laughs> that was the he's update. not doing dead people anymore. He's just doing close to dead yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. The next to dead. He needs yeah. to install automatic updates on his act. <laughs> uh, because he's such an... You would think if you have that skill, which he obviously does. Yeah. He tried like a little Trump. You could tell he was working on he a Trump. He tried to work okay. on a Trump. There you go. But I mean, this guy could, could easily... Spend an hour with a couple funny buddies and and do a bunch of new stuff. But then, do you lose? You know how with us because I'm forty. You know, if there's a casting person listening, I'm thirty two, but I'm forty two, <laughs> and you like you you lose me on the early end. Does right. he then lose people on the? If he's too up to date, does he then lose some? Well, of his I, don't core? Think, I, don't I don't think you, I, don't I don't think you would go all. Uh, Jennifer Aniston impressions. I don't know why. Right. This is somebody from Vine. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
I don't think he's going to go, you know, 100% Bieber, but, you know, maybe open with one you're known for. Slide in a Donald Trump. Yeah. Do a Judy Garland. And then wham! In sync. This is my only thing I'm going to say that I feel, I thought it was a great show, but he did one clip where it was him talking to George Burns. He was guest hosting Carson, I think. Right. George Burns was so effing funny. Oh, really? That well, when the monitor turned, he was, right? Like, I mean, it was ridiculous that when the monitor came off and I looked back at the stage, I wished it was George Burns that we had come to see. <laughs> like, he was so freaking, like, sharp yeah. and, and edgy, too. Ridiculous. Edgy. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to Google that. I bet you can find it online. Oh, it was so great. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, that's right. We're seeing the other guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but he was. But he That's was why he needs good. to update some of his uh, impressions. Like he, like we we were talking a minute ago. He's he is trying to work on Trump, sure. but he doesn't have the mannerisms quite down yet. Right. Basically, he said he said here's here's Trump, and then he goes Mexicans are a rapist, and that's about all he did. So it needs to work on that a little bit. <laughs> Man, mm-hmm. he's pretty much nailed Trump as far as yeah, I'm yeah, pretty, he's pretty much yeah. nailed it. The ideology, sure, but. You got a message? What'd you get a message? Yeah, um, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. I got a weird okay? message. Now you've got to spend time to edit this out. No, it's fine. People, Isn't it weird how <laughs> a message? People, people turned off when they found out Danny was on. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody's listening. Isn't it weird, you guys, how not to sorry, state man, the I, obvious? It was weird from my neighbor, so I wanted to make sure everything was all right. Sorry about Isn't that. it weird how a phone message, honestly, can derail, like, not just like maybe a podcast, right. but your mood? Have you had that happen? Like, I woke up in a great mood there, and I got this one little message, just words. And it ruined my day. And that's just, isn't it weird how I can do that to us? It's funny you say, I was out to lunch with a friend of mine the first time we went out for lunch, and I won't say his name, um, and he got a text from his wife that just ruined lunch. Dude, it can fucking... (laughs) Just ruined lunch. Like, I was having the best best day yesterday, and I get this message saying, Danny's also on the podcast with me. (laughs) And it's just... I drove, too. I drove him here. I'm just kidding. I drove him here. He complimented, I love he complimented my car. I did. And I drove him here. And and, and this is the thing. I've been doing that opener for years, though, when I get in cars. Oh, yeah? You know oh, what? I, I still it. think that tall coffee cup is just irritating you, and you just can't handle it. Look, he doesn't know how to interact with people. He lives in Alaska. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's different there, guys. Yeah. You know? I did just move there. How, how long ago did you move there? I just moved there in March. Oh, okay. Where'd you move from? New York? Austin. Texas? Mm-hmm. I love that town. We did, like, I took my wife on the tour of, I met her in Fairbanks doing uh-huh. stand-up comedy, working for her father. He owned this club in Fairbanks. Which one? Uh, no, that's not Fairbanks. That's Anchorage, but that's Anchorage. he owns, like, the, in Fairbanks, they do a run of six nights. Uh-huh. These do six, now it's a few less, but it's cool. It's like an Air Force base, a yeah. little bar, a Have club. Uh, Jerry Evans is the guy who books it. Yeah. And, okay. and it's, it's great, they're, they're, they're great, they're great. They're great bar shows, but they're okay. fun. All right, I should look into doing it. Really fun, and it's lo- and so, yeah, absolutely, dude. You know, I'd much I'd love to just see somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and we, and like I met him, and then he was like a super cool guy. My father in law is the greatest. Apparently, introduced she, you to his daughter. She was, uh, yeah, she was like waitressing or uh-huh. trying to fill seats, you know, and right. whatever got married. Maybe the father was just trying to pawn her off. Could have been, yeah. but I was looking at it like not only can I get married, but I'm looking at at least one booking every two years if I uh, <laughs> well, lock this in. If it goes well, my father-in-law won't book me for anything. No, mm-hmm. is he a booker? No, that's part of it. Yeah, I took her on the whirlwind though from Alaska. She moved in with me in L.A., uh-huh. New York City, Las Vegas, Austin, Texas. Oh, you lived here for a while. Yeah. How long was she out of Alaska before uh, she wanted to go back? She's always one. The, the minute we met, she said, "Man, I would love to just live here. I understand we can't 
because of your career and stuff. But man, I would love to live near my family. And only recently, this year, was the first year I thought, I looked at my schedule and I've been doing some more writing sure. stuff. Yeah. And just doing, I, I, I don't do as much like, I used to do, I got to get three weeks in a row and drive from this place to this place to this place. And now I do one week. Right. And so I looked at my schedule and I was like, oh my God, I think we could move here. Like it would be such a great situation. I don't mind, I don't mind the extra, you know, it's one extra flight. You go to Seattle overnight. Right. And then it's just like you live in Seattle, except for that one flight. You grab whatever's out of Seattle in the morning. Oh, okay. And I was like, let's do it, man. It's all about making your wife happy. That's what I've learned these many years. If you just keep that as your top priority, yeah, no. just everything else kind of falls And how long place. have you been married? 12 years. Okay, I've been married for 23, so you should maybe just be quiet. Oh, what do you think? <laughs> Did you feel this way 11 years ago? About your wife? Just about merit. What, what would you say? Do you disagree with that? I don't disagree with it, but but you've got to do something to make yourself happy too. It's got to, it's got to be a two way street. I mean, if 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 it's just, I mean, like they always say, happy wife, happy life. Sure. What about you? What I about guess you? everybody's got to be a, a bit selfish to where they get a little of what they want. Otherwise, if your wife is the only one who's happy, then you're miserable. I'm but just going to go on record saying nobody is going to listen to marriage advice from a comedian. That's probably true. <laughs> Can I tell you, though? So think about my situation. Though For 11 years, I did what I wanted, right? right? I moved her to all these places. You're supposed to live as a comedian. Sure. You're supposed to live in New York, supposed to live in LA. Right. And when I started trying to make her happy, she wanted to buy a house. She wanted to have a kid. I don't sure. want any of that shit. I want to, I want to go up at the comedy clubs. I don't want right. to come home. Once I started doing those things, I guess what I'm saying is I became happier. Every time she wanted to do like a real-life adult thing yeah. that scared me because of comedy. Sure. And now in Alaska... Never been happier. I just didn't know. I only knew comedy. Right. And she brought this other world. So I guess I'm saying if I listen to her to make her happy, like in turn, it seems like, oh my God. Like it turned out it was the right thing You're for me. You're becoming too. more content. Am I? I'm asking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, I, let me say I it. So. Let, me, let me say it. Well, you'll, You're becoming more content. <laughs> Thank you. The first one felt like fight it had. On the drive home? This is going to. I awkward? don't think he's going with me on the drive home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, maybe yeah, just just happier. And I swear to God, comedy wise, I've never been in a better spot with my career ever since I let go of right. trying to wake up in New York and L.A. Never right. never been better with since I stopped trying to fight for everything and worrying about everything. I agree with you 100 percent on that fight. When I stopped fighting for everything is when I started enjoying and started doing and things what I go to better. Do, it it just things go better for you. Yeah, man. Yeah. But since speaking of things going good, you said you had the worst bombing story ever. Oh, yeah. Can I tell you guys my bombing story? No, this let's, crushed, let's, no, no, by no, the let's way. Let's hear more about something advice. else now that Murray brought it up. Yeah, we, it's just obvious. Yeah, yeah. Will you edit that nice part shoes. out where I said that so it seems more seamless? <laughs> by the way, this, this crushed in front of those sixth graders the other day that I spoke to. Oh, you, how was that? It was awesome. I went and yeah. talked to sixth, seventh, and eighth graders about acting. Yeah. They're in a theater school. Okay. And I, ju I just basically walked after her and said, guys, don't fucking do it. It's, uh, <laughs> you're setting yourself up for failure. Good night, guys. We just did antithesis shows, man. You did the, the newly bright-eyed, all-ready-for-life yeah. people. And I was doing the, just the people who'd given up drinking at 2 in the afternoon, seeing a right. free show. But so my, my favorite bombing story is I was doing a college gig, which are notoriously questionable sure. <laughs> for the venue. And I get there, and it's in West Virginia. And it's about 9 p.m. And the student, it, whoever's in charge, usually runs out and meets you out in front of the campus center right. or something. She runs out. I go, hey. You know, she's like, you, Jamie. Yeah, how you doing? Nice to meet you. And she goes, listen, I'm so sorry. This, is a, this show, is a, it's a disaster. And I said, what's going on? And she said, well, we have this theater. It seats about 500 people. About a half hour ago, we had 500 people in here, packed. 
But what happened was the air conditioner broke, oh. and it's like 100 degrees outside, and everybody left. We had him we had him come early, and everybody's gone. There's 20 people here because it's so hot in there. <laughs> and I did like my whole, you know, I did my whole like, hey, it'll be fine. We'll have fun. We'll make it work. You know, I did that thing. And um, even though I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be terrible. I said, well, we'll it'll be fine. Hey, yeah, we'll have a good time. That's so, that's what I say. Yeah, we'll have a good time. Yeah, we'll have a good time. Meanwhile, I'm going, fucking Christ. How yeah, you're like, this is going to be. And so I wa- I get in there. And she's like, we're going to, because the air conditioner is broken, we're going to open up the windows, you know, like to get some air in here or whatever. Well, hopefully that'll help. And so I walk out there and I thank the people that stayed. I say, I know this is miserable. I'm really sorry about this, whatever. So it's 9 p.m. West Virginia at a theater. The air conditioner is broken. Nighttime. <laughs> the windows are open. Every time I tell a joke and it doesn't get a laugh, I actually hear crickets <laughs> like real live crickets like i remember thinking this is where this came from people bombing before right. comedy clubs people bombing in the outdoors actually that's hilarious that's what happened to me if a joke falls in a forest was it funny i would, i just pictured like mosquitoes flying in and everybody like you're doing jokes and you just hear it's brutal dude <laughs> and the greatest part of it was i was at this moment in my I guess my comedy life at that time where things used to really bother me when they would go oddly uh-huh. or bad. And at that moment I was like, as, as horrible as it was, I couldn't like wait to tell you guys, you know what I mean? Like oh, I, yeah. I was literally up right. there going like, I cannot even, I'm going to call 20 guys on the way home. This is so <laughs> awesome. Why do you think I started this podcast? <laughs> because I it's love gotta, it's the best. Shows. I love those shows. I love your idea for your podcast. Cause I feel like there's so many podcasts where, it's like comedians kind of talking to comedians, yeah. saying like the same thing. I loved when I saw, when I went on iTunes and I saw that it's this particular area of stand-up, which I think is, the, it's what it always kind of comes down to when you're hanging out with a bunch of guys. Hilarious yeah. road stories. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, it. that's when we met last night at that get-together. Danny and Kermit, a PO, am I saying that right? Yeah. A PO? Very funny, dude. We just sat and just told some really shitty it's so road great, stories man. for right? 15 minutes that's and I've been trying to get Kermit on the show it's just we haven't been able to do it and I said Kermit this is exactly what it is so. and so that's the story guys by the way of the one time that I bombed <laughs> and uh, don't you love it on Facebook how everybody kills it at their shows right oh great show tonight I killed it yeah who was on Chris Franciolo was on here saying why aren't you tweeting the picture from the Thursday night show or the Sunday night show right <laughs> it's right, always the right. Saturday packed house tweet the picture from the 14 people on a sunday night show at seven o'clock it's the same with families though everyone on facebook looks like they're having this amazing time at the beach they don't show when this little kid almost drowned somebody cried and they had to drag them all screaming home facebook is just this fake pretend happiness unless somebody dies then they want to tell you that they died and so that so they can receive all the well wishes oh yeah yeah it's not about the dead person it's about you dealing with the dead person i I'm, i'm unless they're a really good friend of mine um, if I read uh, with great sadness, I write this post. Scroll <laughs> like I'm, that, and, and I know this is very Los Angeles and New York, and and probably a lot of people don't get this on Facebook. But actors posting their got a big audition today, dude. Right. The oh, worst. Oh, got a big audition today. Really wish want me this luck. one. Wish me luck. And then all their friends, you're awesome. Yay for you. And I, I was just after I read about four of those, I was just post. If if you're gonna tweet about your audition then you have to tweet about when you don't get it that's right yeah where are those tweets yeah, failed again yeah failed i <laughs> i quit i quit wishing people happy birthday oh you did i just quit i did it's too much it's it's like an every it's it's a chore now you're not wishing them a happy birthday you're just following up on what you did the day before right 
Well, ever it's, since always, they, it's always going to be somebody's birthday the minute you get 15 friends. Ever since they hit it, I miss it a lot. It used to be like right up there. Like you log on to Facebook and it's like, you know, Jamie, Lisa, and Fiona, they have birthdays today. Now it's kind of over to the right. So I get on my thing. It tells mine notifies tells me every day. Oh, really? You might have yours turned off. Maybe that's it. Because it, it literally goes like, hey, and it makes you feel guilty. Like, hey, you want to help somebody out on their special day? Yeah, I wish somebody right. uh, some right. happiness on their day. Don't be a prick. Now, when you, uh, that one time you bombed, <laughs> do you remember that? I do, yeah. yeah. Um, By the way, I, for anybody, I've bombed so many times. I just bombed. wanted to make sure nobody... It's all happened this week. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, because I, I had one set this week, which was like pulling fucking teeth. Like, like mm-hmm. when it was Wednesday night. And Vegas, we've talked about this before. It's a weird, you know, a regular club is Thursday through Sunday. Thursday's going to be rough. Sometimes Fridays, you know, Fridays going to be fine. Maybe you'll get the occasional mm-hmm. second Friday night show where it's going to be loud. Saturdays are going to be great. Sunday's kind of rough. That's give and take. Uh, but Vegas is like first time I did Vegas. I'm like Tuesday. Oh, this is going to suck. And then the, 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 now this is going to be great. Tuesday's one of our best nights. Monday and what? Tuesday we had Monday Tuesday ridiculous shows. Really packed houses, both Four shows, yeah, and shows. great audience. Yeah. And so, and then like Wednesday's like a transition day. Like most people are leaving the next yeah, day. Yeah, that, that was the toughest. And those are the, when they're all tired. And so it was the Wednesday night show and it was just a sea of crossed arms. Oh. More like a lake of crossed arms. We didn't have that many people Last either. night's second show, which was Saturday, Jamie got a, a group of uh, hecklers mm-hmm. and you dealt with them pretty well. You just, oh, yeah? S- he just quietly spoke with them and kept talking to them to engage them and was able to move on instead of a lot of comics would attack, but I thought right. you did a nice job with the hecklers. I'm a pretty friendly uh I'm pretty friendly with the hecklers and maybe with people. I have confrontation problems anyway. Right. You ever do that where you're mean to a heckler and then everyone's like, Where'd that nice guy go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was talking about his they go, Where did they that guy turn go? turn on you for a minute. Yeah. They they kinda take a, like five minutes off going, hey, you gotta prove yourself again. Now, can I, I you can go I've gone too far. To where I'm like, like oh, where you're yelling at him and back down, man. I'm like, you know, you guys, I'm going to admit something to you. This has this has to do with Danny, actually, that I was not even going to admit that happened to me this week. My roughest set was on Thursday. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Was on. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. It was on Thursday night was my hardest set. Uh-huh. And the reason was because Danny was doing this joke about men and he would say like, uh, it's a really funny joke. I don't want to make you do your joke, but he has this really funny joke about how like he's not, you know, and you say like I didn't build a road. Yeah, yeah. You okay, haven't right. done all these minutes. It's a very funny joke. It's it like a lot of laughs. And so I was like, I was getting up on stage and doing a callback to his joke is how I was starting my set, and I would just go, "Hey, sorry, I'm a little about, a bit out of breath. I was building a road." Mm. Thursday night, I didn't watch Danny's set, <laughs> <laughs> and I went on stage, and I said, "How are you guys doing?" Sorry, I'm a little bit out of breath. I was building a road. And they heard that having no pretext to what I was talking about. didn't do the bit. And everyone was just like, what is he talking? Why is he telling us he built a road? And it's because I'm an asshole and I did not watch Danny that night and just just went for it. And I was digging myself out of this hole. And it was so fun. It was, again, I was almost too embarrassed. Like, I was sort of couldn't wait to tell Danny. But then I was almost, when I got off stage, I was like, it's almost too embarrassing. And no one saw, like, the other two comics weren't in there. And I'm like, I'm just going to, like, let, I'm not going to let it go. But I had to tell you. That's funny. That's hilarious. Dude. You're not the. That's happened to a lot of people. Can you imagine you just go to a show and a guy's like, the, the headliner gets up and he's like, hey, sorry I'm out of breath. I was building a road. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> this guy sucks. Like, I don't even understand his comedy. <laughs> so I'm sorry. 
Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, that's it's happening. I'll tell so uh, next time when I'm bringing you on stage, I'll just say, "Hey, road." And then you'll know. <laughs> Give me something. Hey, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> no, Kirk Fox was following me with a a callback to a joke I did uh, a couple weeks ago, and he'd always, as he walked on, well, he would watch first of all, and then uh, and then I started telling him, "All right, I did it." I <laughs> just walk past him and say, awesome. "I did it." Have you guys heard? I don't mean to repeat a story that everybody's heard a million times. Have you heard the the one? There's some guy who that there was a a cityscape on stage. So it was all these buildings of the city where they were working, painted on the backdrop. And the middle in comic would always say, "Hey, you see that little window right there? I lost my virginity in that office right there." And everybody would laugh. And then the headline would get up and go and go. That's a great landscape. You know, he goes, you know what? I raped a young boy in that uh, window right there. And does he not get up Saturday night and say, I raped a young boy in that room, and the guy did not do the joke? <laughs> like, what could that feel like as an audience member? Like, what did that guy do? Why did he say that? You think you heard crickets. <laughs> I walked a girl last night. Did you? Yep. How did that happen? Second to show. her room or during Hello. the show? Walked her right to that bed over there. Boom. And then got out and walked her to that bed because <laughs> I've got a nice fleet. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they came in and they had fucking balloon hats on. Mm. It was a it was like a 20-person birthday party. Oh, Balloon um, hat doesn't scream attentive, intelligent audience. No, no. And Carl, the manager, like he's like... Oh, here comes asshole balloon hat party. That's why I always carry a pocket of pins, just in case this happens to me. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> just like <laughs> they're just being dicks. Like, <laughs> just my balloon hat. <laughs> I miss my. I might have to get a sewing kit and carry it with me just for that opportunity. <laughs> just for just for an inflatable dick now and then. Yeah, you get to yeah. just just let the air out of it at a bachelorette party. Um, no, but uh, they were actually really cool. They were really cool, except the one girl. I I said something. And it was like she answered it, like it, you know, just like a rhetorical question or something. And oh okay, yeah, it was a rhetorical. And then she answered it, and I said, "Oh, that's that's nice." And then she kept going. So annoying. And I'm like, "All right, that's cool." She's like, "Well, I know." I'm like, "She says like, like I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about." I said, "That's cool. I mean, I know what you mean." I'm like, "That's uh, cool." Worse I, than heckling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worse than heckling is, is when someone answers a rhetorical question. Yeah, and so then I said, do you know what rhetorical question means? And I got a huge laugh, and then she like kind of crossed her arms and frowned, and then I smiled at her, and I moved on, and then like five minutes later, I looked, and she was gone and didn't come back, and wow. left her balloon hat. Really? Yeah. She had gone to look up rhetorical questions. <laughs> so I think that's officially I walked somebody. You did. Right? Right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe she was having problems. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. You have to be right, very, you you have to be very careful, right? Isn't that one of our things, though? Like, you have to be very careful that I had a lady texting in the front row once in the front seat where everyone could see her giant iPhone 6 with a big screen. And, like, I just tried to, like, what if, fuck, like, why, like, what if her fucking daughter is in the hospital? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I always right. try to go to, Give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, what if it's right. something really important? What if they have a babysitter and they're, you know, I, I don't know. That's where I always go to. And maybe that's just me. from their neighbor. This could be a self-defense mechanism where I don't want to confront people, but that's right. what I always think. I always try to give the benefit of the it's doubt. It's such a common thing now with the phone, though. I mean, you can't even go to a restaurant. Two people, a couple, sit down at a table at a restaurant. The first thing they do is they don't communicate with, with each other. They just pull their phones out. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the world we live in now. Yeah, I love it. The beacon, just like <laughs> you love it. You lo <laughs> I do love it. 
By the way, people having, people are overrated. Having just said that that balloon animal party were really cool, I'm not encouraging balloon animal parties to go to comedy clubs. I just no. want to go on record and saying no. that. You ever had a bad bachelorette party, Danny? I, every single bachelorette party is a bad bachelorette <laughs> party, especially when they and I don't know what the uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, at the Looney Bin. Uh, a table of eight girls. And they Already you're them, starting they negative. Put them right, <laughs> they put them right up front. In where, their where, defense, where it's called the loony bin. You've got eight, eight women who think that that entire showroom is theirs. Right. You know, you've got another 150 people. Though, you know, they don't even matter because it's all about those eight, eight girls. Why would they even sit them up front? They always do. They always, they do. always do. It doesn't make sense. Well, penis balloons and everything. Sure. I had a bachelor party. They're usually respectful, what? and they're they're cool. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Never, I don't. Not, I'm not trying to say you know women suck or anything like that, but they were they were really cool. And then I make fun of them for not going to a strip club. You know? Men, mm-hmm. you're supposed to say you're going to a comedy club, but you really go to a strip club. <laughs> what we you, did what it wrong. Really oh come man. Here? <laughs> well, you know what? That's a marriage that's not going to last. What? Because because the woman is already dictating where he can go for his bachelor party. He can't go out to a strip club or can't, can't hang out with his boys and have a good time. He's got to go to a comedy club because he can't go to a strip club. He's already being dominated. Maybe he just wanted to because he respects his wife. No, he doesn't. No. <laughs> See, I, no I'm going to have to. No man respects his new wife. <laughs> I'm going to have. No man respects his new wife. This guy wanted to go to a strip club and he's already been beaten down to where he's got to go to a comedy club. See, I'm with Murray on this one. I felt like I didn't have a bachelor party because I felt like the. 15 years of comedy before I got married were my bachelor party. Right. I was done with that shit. And so I did like a, you know, went to a, like a done very, very lame. Uh, I went, we went to Vegas, me and my buddies, and there was nothing. There was no strip club. There were no prostitutes. We went and gambled a little bit and drank, and that's about it. We just we did like an, a, a weird adult And now thing. you were forced to move to Alaska. And that's what I'm saying. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I did a post. I'm calling my wife. I, <laughs> I did a post uh, after I got married. My friend and I met here in Vegas. But okay. a po- you did a post bachelorette party. Isn't that cheating though? Bachelor party. But we didn't do anything. Oh, okay. We didn't do anything. Like that's what we just came out and gambled and drank. It's great. That's it. Which is what I would have done anyway. See, my bachelor party, there were uh, drugs, booze, and strippers. Right. And that's how it should have been. Good for you, and, man. And darts. We played darts. Oh, well. uh, Could you mixed in darts? I draw the line at darts. <laughs> <laughs> darts is it's offensive to your wife. Yeah, come on. What Did your wife know that all this was going on and she was fine yes. with it? It's cool. It's, How not, about, it's, it's not about her. I mean, I mean, it, it should be accepted. If she wanted to go to a strip club to watch some uh, uh, beefy, hunky guys dance around, I, I don't care. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. You know? I wouldn't mm-hmm. care. I don't care either. That's the only time you ever bombed. I'm t- completely joking, dude. I bomb all the time. I, did that seem serious? <laughs> oh, my God. I, you got me so worried. Get off the fact that Danny hates women. Yeah. I don't hate him. He has some great, he has some very open-minded blogs on his website, dannyhateswomen.com, and you guys can go read about the way he really is. I have many bombing stories, dude. I, I don't have, I just try to think if any of them are interesting. What are you, you know? about? Because, like, I remember, I remember this one time, I did, like, a lot, I did one through a college phase. Uh-huh. Where I did a bunch of colleges and just it was like 50-50, man. Like half of them were awesome and then half of them were just brutal. I remember this one. My buddy calls me and he goes, Hey man, we're working the same college the same day. I go, Oh, maybe we're doing a two two thing. And I go, oh, I look at mine, I'm at noon. His name's Tiny Glover, very funny guy since since passed away. Big guy, passed away on the fucking treadmill, which makes me think there's no God. Really? Yeah, on the friggin' on the treadmill. <laughs> and um <laughs> one of my best friends and, and so he, he goes uh, i'm there at night you're there at noon okay so i go to the, the place if you're in a nooner 
Oh, it's, yeah. it's a it's it's tough. And so I get there at about eleven thirty, and I'm expecting the worst. And the lady goes, "Hey, I'm, we're so glad you're here. We I got I got to show you something. We just built a comedy theater." I go, "What?" She goes, "We just built on campus a theater specifically for stand-up comedy." I'm like, "Holy shit!" This is going to be the greatest nooner I have ever done. Wow. And so she walks me to the back, and there's an awesome, kick-ass, 300-seat theater with sound and lights and just beautiful. Wow. I go, this is unbelievable. And she goes, Tiny, I'll be here tonight. Let me show you where you'll be performing. <laughs> I go, I'm not in the comedy theater. I'm doing comedy. You know, guys don't have me in the comedy theater? And she walked me to a lunchroom, and I stood on a fucking lunch table <laughs> down the hall from a comedy theater and did comedy on, I swear to God, just standing on a lunch table. Oh, yeah. And right in the middle of the show, if you could even call it a show, this kid, I had one pocket of people laughing. Everybody else, no one gave a shit. She just was like, we have the most people in here walking around, so we're going to do it in here. Okay. This guy stands up. He's got a hot dog. He's looking at me like he's mad, and he, he fucking charges me. With a hot dog. And I swear to God, I'm like, is he going to throw a hot dog? Because like, this is going to be the worst, <laughs> most insulting thing. And he comes right up to the stage, and I kind of try to keep going. Right. And that's when I notice on stage with me, there's a fucking microwave. And I hadn't even noticed it. <laughs> and the guy just heats up his hot dog and waits for it to be done and just cooks a hot dog. And I'm just like, this is like... Is there anything else I could do for a job? That's those days when, like, afterwards, you just walk through the mall wondering if you could just, like, sell shoes or something. Right, right. Have well, you ever felt guilty being paid? Hold on. First being of all, that's, that story? Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, even that bombing story bombed. I feel, story. Like, I feel like I've just met you, but I feel like I give you a ton of shit. I don't know. Did do I come you across do. that? You do. We immediately, though, got, got, I think we got along with giving other people shit or something. I don't know. Okay. I liked you immediately, Murray. I knew that... I knew that uh, Danny, too. This has been a very good... This, we were talking about how great it is for comedy when you connect with somebody, yeah, you know? Yeah. But yeah, dude, immediately. You were giving me shit literally within five minutes of meeting me. I was bragging about how I had a suit <laughs> from Taiwan. And he was like, oh, it's too bad that it's so ill-fitting. <laughs> and you know, like, I am... If you know me even a little bit, like, I fucking... I'll laugh and then I'll be like, "What? I wonder what he meant by that. I wonder, <laughs> yeah. Like, I really am bothered by it. Yeah, okay, good. As long as we're good. I felt like I was coming off a little, a little harsh. No, not at all. Sorry, Danny, you were saying something. No, that's okay. All right. You guys go ahead and bond. I'll just sit here and hate women more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like to tell other people's stories on the show, but your cricket story reminded me of my all-time favorite bombing story ever, and it's by a comedian out of Los Angeles named Pat Nay, Patrick Nay. I don't know if you know him or not. And He doesn't do the road a lot, but he was performing up in Monterey in a bar, and it's right on the beach, Right on the cove, right there. You know, it's it's a tourist thing. There's a boardwalk. There's seals and everything. And he, it was one of those hot nights, and all the windows were open, and he was bombing so bad. All you could hear were seals. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> He's told that story on here before, but it's still that my all-time favorite. Ridiculously funny. <laughs> You're like, come on, guys. The seals love this shit. Where are you? Get on board. But I like talking about that really shitty show we had on Wednesday night. Like, I I'm like I didn't care, you know what I mean? Like I didn't start sweating. I like and because they were just not, they didn't want to be there. Like I could tell they didn't want. Like some of them, of course, wanted to be there and were having a good time. But the majority of the, I don't know if they won tickets. Mm -hmm. But like I mean, they were not digging what I was laying down, and I was switching gears. You know, I was doing parent. I would go a little dirt. I was just switching. They were not digging what I and I was just Sometimes. like, you know what? 
this stuff kills. So I don't, I'm not worried. <laughs> you know? Sometimes when you bomb, it's your fault. Other times, you know it's not you because you fill in the groove. Sure. And you know when you're in the groove, you know it's not your fault. You know, you know it's going to be partly uh, them for whatever yeah. reason. I'm sure this has been said a, a million times. I'm sure I heard it somewhere. But I always liked it where with, the, with, with, with music, there's all these genres of music. And you can go see a violinist. Mm-hmm. You can go see Justin Bieber. You can go see heavy metal. And with comedy, it's mostly just comedy. Yeah. So you have people in the audience because none of us are famous. They don't know what our comedy is. Mm-hmm. And so we just get these people under the term. They're coming to see comedy. And yeah. you just don't know. That's one of the things when I, I, I don't have like these weird fame aspirations. I'm a pretty like contented, like happy guy with my, my career as it is. Sure. But one thing I get super jealous of when I see someone's a draw mm-hmm. or the rare times I go like back to my hometown, the only place where people come to see me is that they know you when they come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have bombed on Wednesday because they're already your fans. Like what we do is guys who are headliners that perform at comedy clubs, we win them over, then we do comedy. Whereas, like, that's one thing about being a draw where people, uh-huh. I love that guy. They come and they already like your first album. They're fucking on board. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a thing I am definitely jealous of. I don't mm-hmm. like you lumping me into the non-draw uh, people with you oh. guys. I yeah, don't I don't know I'm... why. I don't. I guess I don't know you well enough to. Right. I just had, you know, heard some of your comedy and I thought, there's no way <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody said never blame the audience, but I don't believe that. No, I don't believe it either. I, I don't mean, believe that. I remember, yeah. I remember, I, I would stand up New York. I don't think I ever told this story. Stand up New York. This this guy was literally sitting with his hands in his face, and his wa- wife or girlfriend was like in his oh. front ear, and I ignored it as long as I could. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, what are you what are you doing? He's like, we're talking. I'm like, yeah, don't. And he's like, she's breaking up with me. Oh boy. I'm like, at a comedy club in the front row. In the of a front comedy? row. I go, what are you? What are you doing? I'm I mean, not sure she ever cared problems. about you. We should go talk this out at a comedy <laughs> club. You, oh my god! And they're dude. breaking up in the front row, which almost boils down to people are not that smart. Yeah, some people are not that, like that's a fucking insane thing to do. And then you're this is your job. Of course, we feel bad for this guy. I rely on them not smart people. That's why I do well in comedy. That's true. <laughs> that but is I, your audience. That is my audience. People like I don't I don't know like all right so we never touched on this but um, Danny and I did the Irvine Improv a couple weeks ago right mm-hmm. and what I do when I headline the Irvine Improv is I try to go down a week before do a guest spot mm-hmm. walk in kick them in the nuts for five minutes and then hand out like two for one tickets or you know something you know, dude special, that's very cool man especially if I if I got the time to do it I'll do it and <laughs> I went in I went up third fourth everybody killing. The second I get up there, they just fucking started yelling out at me. Just the the minute I got up, and I couldn't, I couldn't ignore it. And then, and I was, it was one of those where did I you, where I walked off stage, and all the comics in the green room were laughing. Was, did you like not give out your two for ones because you were? Uh, no, I no, 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 some people actually asked me for it because <laughs> oh, okay. I, I just and then I I turned I because the one guy kept yelling out. He kept yelling out. What do you think happened? And he kept yelling out. Why do you think they yelled at you? I don't, what, what, I don't no know. They, they were talkative to everybody. Okay. Did you go before me? Uh, oh no, you're just hanging out for the. You're just hanging out that night, right? Whose show was it? That was Jim Taylor's show that I guest spotted on. Maybe I was just hanging out. That okay. Night. But uh, th- yeah, they were talking to every. No, I, I went on that night. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He did yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were talking to everybody, but yeah. I think it just got to you. 
Yeah. To where you had to rebuttal. Because then he started, he kept starting out. By the way, that guy who was doing all the talking, best friends with the guy who produced the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, maybe I did talk about this on, on an episode, and I apologize if, you, if, if I did. And then she started, a girl started talking over here, and then they started cross-talking, where that's where I just like, what's going on? And then like, I started doing some stuff about being married, and they're like, ah, we don't, we're divorced. And, and so anyway... I fucking I didn't lay into him, but I turned on him, and and uh, the next week I was down there to do the the headlining show, and they sent they send you a video of your show, and uh, the sound man goes, oh, I sent you the video of that show last week. I go, yeah, I didn't watch it. He goes, what are you talking about? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. It was the best set of the night. Are you kidding me? And I look and I looked at it the other night, and I literally ended with, I'm sorry, you guys hate your life. <laughs> <laughs> what was your good night? What, what was your perception of the set? Was anything different between what you thought it, how you thought it went, and then when you watched it, how it actually went? Was anything different? Did you get bigger laughs than you thought? Or yeah, you got, you got bigger laughs than I thought, and it you know, it's just one of those where guy for you, really good, really good, really good. As soon as I step onto it, it's just a fucking train wreck and then really good, really good, really good, you know? Right. And it's just like, and I had, I've had, I've had, I think I texted Danny like for four days straight. Like, oh, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. I can't believe it happened again. Everything was going so great. I just, I stung it up. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and it, <laughs> you were, I, you were wearing that fuck the police shirt. I don't know if that, uh, <laughs> right. that's, that's and I don't know if I just, if I'm so laid back and conversational that maybe that they feel like they can chime in. I had one during my during the headline headlining set at Irvine the other night. That's the one I didn't talk about. I think I talked about that other one. I'm sorry. This woman was like, I like your belt. Oh, let me see if it fits your neck. <laughs> <laughs> I like your belt. That would have been a great callback right oh, there. That would have been a great one. Where were you? I needed you that night. Yeah, I like your belt. I used to, I have these, all right, I splurged one time and I bought Prada sneakers. They're like the most expensive thing I've ever bought in my life. Prada sneakers? Uh -huh. How much does it cost to buy a pair of Prada sneakers? They were four or $500. Wow. They're most, most expensive. Are these dress, dress shoes? I thought these would be great for the stage. If yeah. Every time I wore them on stage, I either got oh, nice sneakers or ooh, Prada. So, so they were sneakers? Yeah. Prada wow. Sneakers. What comedian has $400 laying around to buy Prada sneakers? Uh, the guy who gets this suite. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I splurged. And it was like, you know, it was like my birthday. It wasn't like, you know, this week I'm going to buy Prada sneakers. It was like I saw them. I labored over the whole idea. I went back a week later. My wife encouraged me. Go, She's like, Cause I'm, look, I'm wearing fucking Chuck Taylors on every yeah, day. Of maybe my life. you should have your Pradas and you wouldn't have the blisters that you have. God damn it, I got the worst the problem with <laughs> The problem with Prada sneakers is your opening line becomes, I'm better than you. Because you step up there and it's a distraction. You know, it, it no, becomes. No, I 100% agree. Is it the sneakers that's the distraction or him walking out doing the high kicks? The high kicks and also just the attitude. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I could get some. I I got the eye high kicks. Mm. No, but that it you can't. And yeah, you should have exactly taken. The, you should have taken the tags off of them. I felt that was. Uh, <laughs> no way. Are you kidding? You don't take that. It's four hundred dollars. You want to show everybody. You know. You can only cross your legs so many times. <laughs> but don't you feel that you have to dress uh, dress better than the audience? That's my. Yeah. That's my thing, and I'm telling you. I, I mean, I made the joke about the hookers, but there's definitely. There's definitely wearing a suit on stage. I, get, I feel like I'm getting a different attention, but I also feel like I'm giving out something that might not be me. I hear you. 
You know what I mean? I hear you. I feel like in Vegas, though, more than if you were at the Cincinnati Funny Bone, right? Right. I feel like you can get a, get away with throwing on a suit and being whoever you want. Right. I just feel that way here because I feel like so many performers dress up. Like I wear kind of a crazy blazer mm-hmm. that I would never wear in another city Spenders. because I feel like it would be. Yeah, it's just like it's. Uh, I wrote Prada on it, but it's not Prada. It's um, goose down. But just because I feel like Vegas, it's like glitzy, and you kind of yeah. get away with that here. Yeah, that's what I feel. And I and I didn't wear my suit Tuesday, Wednesday. I wore it Friday and Saturday night. And you know what? A lot of people came out dressed up last night. I was very impressed. You know, I rarely comment on comedy because I have so I I don't think I'm right about. I don't feel like I'm have more knowledge than anyone else on the subject. But uh-huh. one thing I notice about clothing that I wonder your opinion on is I notice that really famous people. So like. If you ever see like Adam Sandler on the Tonight Show, sometimes he wears basketball shorts. Right. right. Or if you see all these, like Louie wears a black shirt, whatever. Sometimes I feel like guys go, "Hey, comedians can wear yeah fucking that. I'm gonna wear that." And sometimes I feel like people forget that, like those guys might have dressed up and performed in Vegas. They might have dressed up and right. performed on the road, and then they went, "Look at me, motherfucker," and put on a hoodie. Yeah. After they had achieved this level i just kind of noticed that where some people skip to the to the hoodie yeah yeah where you're famous enough to get away with it i don't know i know i agree i mean there's trust me you still have to have the laughs regardless of what you wear but but yeah i mean dressing down doesn't make you funnier unless it's your character unless you're talking about being poor unless you're talking about how rough your life is then then it makes more sense but yeah, it's like wearing. You said wearing the suit and then doing stay-at-home dad material. You said might clash slightly. Yeah, yeah, I felt because mm. I'm doing a a bit about how sweet it is to be a stay-at-home dad and you know laying around the house and watching video your games Prada, and stuff. Prada shoes, With Prada and shoes on, on. And a nice suit. <laughs> Do you Just know? Slumming it. <laughs> There's something about, I'm like a huge, you know, from my previous Alaska stuff with arguing with you about the wife thing. I'm like just a big family. Like, it just saved me. You know, like right. my, like having kids, like I was in a bad spot and it really saved me. Yeah. They rescued me. I was I was tied to the train tracks and they, uh, no, they like literally saved my, like she I was, gave, I was in a bad spot. came in on a horse? And uh, yeah, it was a valiant. Uh, <laughs> but that was one thing with you, Murray, when I first met you and the first thing that came up was you said, someone said to you, what have you been doing? And you said... Oh, I've, for the last three months, I've been a stay-at-home dad. And so many comics would not have said that. They would have instead said, oh, you know, I, I'm headlining over there. I, you know, like They would have mm-hmm. skipped that part because they feel like, I don't want to say that because I don't want people to think I'm not involved. But that's what I liked about you immediately is that yeah. you said that. I was like, ah, this fucking guy. You have, you know, that's, that's amazing to me that you did that. And I bet it was, I bet it helped your comedy. I bet you wrote some stuff and it gives you a break, refill the creative well, you know, and... That's what I was hoping for. How was that for you? Like, what what is it like? Did you do any shows, or did you? Uh, yeah, well, I tried to get around. I, I, my listeners have heard a ton of this, but you know, my the thing was, I was just going to stay in town and just do shows in town. And then this particular summer, every comedian was in town, <laughs> so so you like, ended up just kind of chilling at home. So and... I mean, I did spots, but they were they were they were a week go by where I wasn't mm-hmm. on stage, maybe even two weeks sometimes. So when I did this kind of like headlining gig at Irvine, that was supposed to be my big welcome back thing and i'm like it's all greatest hits tonight buddy <laughs> right. like maybe five minutes of new material <laughs> so i was hoping to have more new material but um that's why i'm here this week mm-hmm. to work on new stuff and i think uh i think my starbucks bit i got after uh, watching you order is gonna got a new tag oh it's it. gonna be huge it's gonna be big how stuff. expensive is starbucks here jesus christ it's unbelievable i had to call danny to cosign for me <laughs> um i'll tell you how much it was nine bucks for two coffees was it? It's weird because for me it, it was free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, oh, they, you they purchased that. They did the change thing. Like mine was four dollars 
and five cents. They purposely give you the 95 cents so you'll just drop it in the bucket as a tip. But, you know, I keep it out of anger. Good for you. you yeah. Can you imagine how fucking irate we would be if gas cost as much as Starbucks? How much would a gallon of fucking Starbucks cost here? If that's how much gas oh, costs? Can you even geez. imagine? Holy crap. And we complain about a $3. Look at what a gallon of that. How much, You have a tall yeah. that was, what, 3 bucks? Three seventy eight. There's like 128 ounces in a gallon. That's probably, what, 8 ounces? Right. We're talking about, and then there's other numbers. Right. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to go all the way. I'm like, this guy's smart. <laughs> but that's, you know, 4 bucks. Think about that. 8 ounces, 4 bucks. 80 ounces, mm-hmm. 40 bucks. Right? 160 ounces, 80 bucks. We're probably talking about like 60 bucks for a gallon. Right. That math might have been completely incorrect. That's like England numbers. I hear gas is expensive in England. Yeah. Know. Worth it. Thanks. <laughs> Worth it. That's, that's my input. Thanks, yeah. Danny. That worked out well. You ever go overseas, perform for the troops? Never. I never have, I don't think. Un-American. I did, uh, <laughs> I did like, a, a weird Hong Kong thing, thing yeah. once, but it wasn't troops. It was expats, you know? Oh, and, what's uh, the name of that gig? I know that gig. Uh, I don't. It didn't even have a name. Oh, who? Really? Because there's one Hong Kong gig going around right now. Oh, I did it a long time ago. Yeah, it was awesome. I I want to do more fun, like exciting things. Because I, you know, like when you can do comedy compared with, I don't know, man. I had this like epiphany this week with these these children. Yeah. Because I went and like Mm -hmm. talked to those sixth, seventh, and eighth graders about like comedy and life and writing and stuff. And I was walking home and I was like, I've never felt this good. before like it was so gratifying it was Uh unbelievable so like something like that like i don't know what that is right but i feel like maybe i'm revealing too much but maybe i feel like stand-up comedy people might think it's a little more rewarding than it really is what sometimes it's rewarding you have a great set but you know people have laughed at these jokes a bunch of times it felt awesome the first time and it feels like pretty good but there's i feel like there's a lot more room for things to be rewarding like performing for the troops and i kind of have tried i never like really tried tried Uh But I would. That would be exactly you know stuff like that is what I want to gear my comedy life more towards. Where it's comedy, but it's right. also someone that really wants a laugh. You know, you should meet my friend Don Barnhart. I know Don stuff. Barnhart. Stuff for the troops. I was hosting. Don Barnhart was featuring, and uh, I forgot who was headlining. But I, I, like one of my first gigs ever. Oh really? This was pre Don Barnhart hypnotist. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. So we going way back. Yeah. Um, and it was weird because after I, I knew he'd be a hypnotist because after the show he was telling me a story and I started getting sleepy, and uh, I thought this guy no he he was a great dude man he's a he did, I saw he just posted like on Facebook I saw he just did he does some really cool shit man yeah. um, not to um, I used to volunteer I have to say I used to I used to say I do but then I realized I don't I haven't done it in three years so I can't but I used to volunteer for a children's hospital get that really and oh that's great it, and it's it's called Art of Elysium. And you can doing go, comedy or just, ju- you just can do going comedy. You can help them write stories. You can draw. I would just go in and draw with them. You draw? No, they're four years old. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Everything I can. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's, I was he's really... an artist compared to a four year old. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I can. I used, I used to be a really good drawer. Is that how you say it? Drawer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just draw well. I used to draw very, very well. And then uh, I just, it's a muscle I haven't exercised in a while. I like drawing cartoons. But um, man. That was rewarding. Did you not walk out of there and go like, "Oh my god!" Just like the, it's ridiculous. But just like the like them hugging you or the look on their yeah. face, it's 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 like nothing. It's it's incomparable. And then like you just like spin there for two hours, and then 
used to be playing or whatever. And, you know, like maybe you're think you're connecting with them. Maybe you're not. I don't know. But it's like, all right, two o'clock. All right. Time to go. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. And then I made this for you. Oh. Like somebody you hardly even talk to. You're like, oh, that's great. You don't know what it is because it's four. <laughs> I'm sure it means a lot to them. I mean, just somebody to come in and spend some time with them. Yeah. And like uh, it's called Art of Elysium. So they, they have like a bunch of like guitar players go play songs for the kids and stuff. I got to get back into that, man. Dude, can I tell you guys this one? So this little kid of six, this is my highlight of my week. This is after my second session with these kids. And it's sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. Mm-hmm. You can tell that's a big gap Like that when you're that young. Sure. Like you can tell who's... The sixth graders are way smaller than the eighth graders. And so this little tiny kid comes up to me. He had to be, I'm sorry if I told you guys this already somewhere. That's fine. But uh, this little cutest kid in the world, the smallest kid in the whole class of 100 kids comes up to me. And everyone's left and he goes, I can barely hear him. He's like, excuse me, sir. And I had to literally put my ear next to his ear because he was so, I don't know, I thought he was nervous or whatever. And I go, yeah, buddy, what is it, man? And he goes, "Uh, can I ask you something? I go, sure, anything you want. And he goes, me and my friends, are. we did a web series. We filmed a web series and put it on our computers. And I go, buddy, that's exactly what I've, I've been talking about. You right. know, like, don't just wait for opportunities, but make your own. I go, that's great. That's that's what I, I that's like my, what I always believe in. He goes, but my question is, um, do you know any investors that would be interested <laughs> in supporting our friend? <laughs> I'm like, are you greed starts at such a I young age? I swear to God that happened. And the teacher was just mortified. I mean, she just rushed him away. And I said, and I was, oh my God. I just Can said, I put my hands in your pocket just to see you if you have any investors. Hilarious. I said, dude, I, you know, I said, I don't really deal with that part. I said, but next time you do that, I go, summarize what it is you guys worked on. Like, give, right. give them an idea of what they'd be investing. You know, I tried to give them like a little something. Sure, sure. But dude, this kid's ready to go, man. That's hilarious. He's ready wow. to go. He's the only four year old in a suit. Yeah, he, <laughs> this kid will sell t-shirts Listen, during a guest set. The younger generation my card will just pass if you know investors. <laughs> my card. What'd you say? I said this younger generation, based on uh, their knowledge of computers, will pass us up. It'll be computers, the intelligence of them, and the intelligence of the young people. We we don't have a chance. It's depressing, oh, Danny. On that note, it, it, it is a little depressing. I don't think it's, they're gonna. Well, of course they're gonna pass us up because we're gonna die. Yeah, but before we die, I don't know. That's a whole nother. They're going to force us into big vats. They're going to take us out, <laughs> and then they're going to make oil out of us, so that we won't have to supply, be resupplied by foreign oil. That's what's going to happen with the younger generation. Well, at least we're not going to be dependent on foreign oil anymore, and that's going to solve a lot of our so problems. So that's that's a plus. <laughs> All right. Hey, I want to thank you guys for coming down today. That was a lot of fun. Thank, thanks for having us. Yeah, man. yeah, man. Thanks. That was, was a long. That was a long drive. What was that? About seven minutes. About. Yeah, thirty-five minute walk. The drive I took longer than my coffee order. <laughs> I know I said this on uh, last week's episode, but I fucking walked to the Tropicana on Tuesday night in my show shoes, and I have my feet are so still. F- and then stupid me went running every day, and so I have like eight blisters on my foot. My socks are all just soaked in blood, like every every sock. Oh my god! I wear the same style of sneaker. They're all Converse, so they all are cut the same way. Not a lot of so support in the Converse. So they all cut right back into the blisters and cuts. Chuck wow. Taylor must have had bloody fucking feet. If you've ever put on a Chuck Taylor, yeah, yeah. it's like the least support for your foot. It's, it's like wrapping cardboard around your foot. Dude, I took a walk to... I walked very far to Best Buy. Uh-huh. It's three-something miles away. Oh, nice. And I was, just wanted to go on a walk and make some phone calls, and I ended up walking there, 
but it turned into a run uh-huh. because I was walking through a horrible neighborhood with <laughs> hundreds of dollars worth of electronics equipment. And I was like, I'm going to run, actually. It was so frightening. I had like a Best Buy bag, right. just like to the to the guys at the bus stop. It was like a bag with like a money sign on it <laughs> from a cartoon. It's like, I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit. All right. Jamie, where can we find you? I'll be um, I'm right here, man. Jamie? Um, uh, JamieLisso.com. I'm on uh, Twitter, Facebook, all those things, all, all the right. normal ones. Yeah. Awesome. Danny? Uh, DannyV.com. And you can get me uh, on Twitter and Facebook if you go to DannyV.com. Uh, off next week, and then Harvey's headlining Harvey's in Portland, Oregon the week after Thanksgiving. Great awesome. club. Great club, Harvey's. Really? I've never done it. Yeah. That's good. I do helium up there. Um, all right, you guys. Uh, this has been a fun few shows from Vegas. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed them. Uh, if so, let me know. Shoot me uh, an email through the Facebook page or my website, murrayvaleriano.com. I'm at Murray V on Twitter. Um, if you want to some Road Stories shirts, which I don't have for you guys. I'm sorry. I should have brought you some. I'll, I'll send you one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already have one. You must have one, Danny. You've done the show like 12 times. Well, I've only got one, though. All right. I have this awesome Danny Hates Women shirt, so I'd love <laughs> to have a Road Story shirt. And those fit tight. Very tight. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Come see these guys when they're in your town. They're very funny. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs And blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette <laughs> Drunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow, more missing merch And drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon